And uh, 13 minutes it is uh, after 8 p.m. It's our shop steward's corner. And uh, yeah, we'll continue with those voice notes, uh, of course, on Marikana, which uh, is also a matter. Uh, and uh, you can send through those voice notes on 079-191-4270. We also will continue to take your calls and you can uh, call us on 89 Double one zero double three double seven, and we certainly want to hear your views and your voice notes on the next thing we are going to discuss. And we're going to be shining a spotlight on uh, the fight to make sure that uh, uh, domestic workers uh, are registered and receive coverage from the Compensation of Occupational Injury and Disease Act um, and uh, the provisions of that, and also the Unemployment Insurance Act. Um, and the institutions there, of course, COIDA and UIF, respectively. And uh, this evening, we uh, speak to you. We're now with somebody working in the private abode that is your home. Uh, what is your responsibility in registering, you know, that person is working in your home and uh, is deserving of all of the rights that are accorded to you in your workplace and this evening we shine a spotlight on you and what you can do to uh, register uh, domestic workers for COIDA and for the Unemployment Insurance Fund. Joined on the line by uh, Mipping Kimashiane, President of the United Domestic Workers of South Africa and uh, also going to be joined by Vyoma Fata, a Compensation Commissioner at the Compensation Fund. Uh, Mipping and uh, Bravuyo, good evening to the pair of you and welcome. Good evening, evening Mipping Maybe I want to start off with you. Yes, Mama. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Maybe I want us, uh, when we talk about this, I guess maybe to paint the context. Uh, you're president of uh, uh, um And we've spoken on this platform before um, about how in the past, COIDA didn't cover domestic workers. And uh, in particular, the story of Mayor Maria Mashangu. Just briefly, in a minute, Unpack uh, and give us a brief background on the story of Me Maria and more importantly, I guess, what uh, lessons it teaches us now about uh, COIDA and UIF and uh, the coverage of domestic workers uh, by those pieces of uh, legislation and social protections. Yes, Maria Mashangu fell into a swimming pool while she was working in Ferryland in Pretoria. I started the case in 2012 until last year in, in, on the 19th of November, the Constitutional Court confirmed the declaration by the Pretoria High Court that quite uh, is unconstitutional for not excluding, for not including domestic workers. So no. what it says now is that uh, domestic workers must be registered under COIDA and you also have to work with the employers to make sure that domestic workers are registered, not only with the employers, also with the Department of Labor, because this is a sector like no other sector. I always say that domestic workers cannot stand outside and, and picket or protest against their employers because they are scattered and they work as individuals. So we need employers, we need Department of Labor to sit together and make sure that COIDA works for domestic workers because it's been a fight that we fought for for many years, even before the case of Maria Masang. We knew that mm. it was not fair for domestic workers not to be included under COIDA because of the kind of work that they are doing. And some are working in dangerous homes where there are dogs, uh, others, uh, dangerous chemicals, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, Mepinki, uh, just before I go to Pravuyo, when you raise that issue, because I guess some of our people who are listening in on the show might think it's just, you know, I mean, why, why were domestics not seen as workers? Well, I guess the reality in this country is that, you know, it's not even 40 years since uh, even black people were seen as workers in this country um, enough to be able to organize. I think it was around 1979 or so. So, so maybe, I guess, just over. Uh, uh, 40 years or so, but um, uh, uh, maybe also some of the issues around UIF. Uh, We saw many domestic workers during COVID-19 being laid off or being asked to go home, and many didn't have any income replacement because their employers hadn't registered them on the UIF. That's a sad truth. Uh, Many domestic workers were sent home and they were not registered. We we wrote to the uh, commission... um, the UIF commissioner, yes, we wrote to him and sent submissions uh, asking him to grant employers amnesty, those employers who didn't register their domestic workers so that it can work for domestic workers. Uh, some uh, our submissions, we did not get responses from the commissioner, but uh, what we are saying is, is that it's still the chance to make sure that UIF also works for domestic workers because that's another fight. We still have many domestic workers who are not registered. After they were included in 2003, 1st April 2003, they were included under uh, UIF Act. But until today, there are many of them who are not registered by the employers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause there for a second, Mepinki, as I bring in Bravuyo uh, Mafata, uh, Compensation Commissioner at the Compensation Fund. And Bravuyo, uh, I guess, you know, a lot of what uh, Mepinki is saying around the registration and Funash UIF. Uh, is probably a message you guys have uh, been uh, trying to use as a rallying point. I mean, I've seen that message even on the back of uh, some Patco buses, uh, you know, some adverts on multiple platforms. Um, do you get a sense that people, I guess that message is going across to many of the people that are listening to us here, enough for them to register their domestic workers for for the UIF? Thanks, thanks, Abonga. Well, I see UIF is a, is a sister agency of the, in the department, like the Compensation Fund, so I don't speak mm-hmm. on their behalf, but I think what I know is that uh, the UIF has been the trailblazers when it comes to uh, domestic workers' rights with regards with the, I think Medbink has mentioned that mm-hmm. one of the first or few countries in Africa that uh, introduced a social security scheme for those that are employed in private households, the domestic workers. And there has been a lot of work that they've put in. If you look at the uh, some of the advocacy sessions, the uh, even the enforcement inspections uh, that are aimed at uh, private households over the last few mm-hmm. years, has actually assisted uh, the, the the UIF to get to the compliance levels that they are now. It may not be satisfactory, but I think they have quite a, a, a more comprehensive database of domestic employers. And domestic employees mm. because of the of, of, of some of the activities that they've engaged in in the past. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about Koida because I guess Koida is is your sort of uh, ambit or domain of uh, operation. Uh, and uh, this is a recent development. I think we've spoken about it on this platform before. Uh, you know, emerging as it did from the case of Mam uh, Maria. Uh, and the last time we spoke, you had said very low numbers of registrations some teething problems with the system of onboarding people on, and maybe you needed to do a bit more spade work in terms of popularizing uh, this registration onto the COIDA system. Where are you now? 
Well, thanks, Ayabonga. So we, I, I think there's a lot of work that is done uh, since then. The system is fully online, so domestic employers can uh, uh, register now online. Mm. Uh, we have seen the, the numbers. We had not seen the numbers as we have liked it to be, but uh, the campaign, the media campaign started now in, in July to try and sensitize more people to uh, to register. We also had some sessions with some of the organized uh, labor shops, stewards, and so on, so that they can then assist with the advocacy work with mm. regards to sensitizing everyone around the importance of uh, workers being registered for uh, compensation for occupational injuries and diseases. So we're confident mm. that I think by the end of the campaign, the numbers would look uh, much, much better than they had uh, in the in the beginning. But it is not as high as we want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Talk us through this process. I mean, I guess we're speaking now rather theoretically, but we might want to yeah. maybe ground it. So how does it work? How does it unfold? Um, I go online where? Um, and when I get there, I mean, or do I have to go to a labor center or do I go to some of your offices as the compensation authorities? Um, how do I go about this? I'm an employer in my home. Um, I have a domestic worker who is working within my home, you know, looking after myself, looking after the children. How do I make sure that they are signed up, uh, God forbid, in the instance where they might get some injury or, or face, uh, I guess, a fatal uh, consequence by working in my home. How do I set them up so that at least they uh, are covered by uh, COIDA? Well, uh, so with the online uh, application, nobody needs to go to a labor center. They don't yeah. need to send us any document. All they need to go to is the Department of Employment and Labor website, which is www.labor.gov.za. You go to our online services, and then under online services, they then go to a uh, ROE uh, online. So once they're there, first you then have to register as a user of the Department of Labor Systems. So all users mm. of the Department of Labor Systems use a single sign-on. So once you're registered as a user of the Department of Labor Systems uh, online, which is a process also that takes uh, it takes less than 10 minutes if you're not registered. You then have to register as a user. You'll get your your authentication details via email. Once mm. as soon as you've authenticated yourself as a user, you can then start the registration process. So the registration process is where all it requires is your details as an employer, your name, your ID number, your address, and uh, that's all it needs. And then from there, you then register, as well as the date when you first employed a domestic worker. So and mm. that's all you need. It's a process that uh, literally takes you about 20 minutes. It took sure. me 20 minutes to register my domestic worker. Okay. All right. Mapping it. Yeah. Uh, as people who organize in this space, uh, some of your own experiences of, uh, you know, your employers uh, and the issues that they face in signing up. Um, and I guess, what are you hearing from your members? Yeah, I want to hear from um, about the employers of Maria Maklangu. That at first they were refusing to sign the documents from the Department of Labor. But we mm. got a, a report from our advocating civil that they did comply they have signed the documents. But with the domestic workers, it's very difficult because actually we need the forms in hand. There are cases of domestic workers who were injured years ago. And we are also worried about the deadline about those cases because some domestic workers have still to locate where the employers are because the forms must be signed by the employers. So we are very concerned about the cases of the domestic workers who are injured or those who were injured before uh, the Constitutional Court ruling last year. 
So we are asking the Department of Labor to assist us to to give us forms because many domestic workers don't are not used to online uh, registration or getting information online. They need to have those forms so that they can go to the employers, those that can find the employers, and those that can assist to get the employers to sign those forms. And we are also going to report back to the Department of Labor if we come to uh, come uh, to employers who are refusing to cooperate with us. We are going to go back to Labor Department. Uh, the Office of Advocating CISA is there to assist us. That's what they promised to do, that they will assist us during this time of registering domestic workers under COIDA. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, I mean, the advocacy that uh, Bravuya was talking about, I mean, I would think that you are also undertaking some of your own activities to popularize uh, this, uh, you know, uh, process of uh, registering people in particular for COIDA. Yes, we are trying by all means. We are using different platforms, uh, radio interviews like this one. We are also mm. using other radio, local radio uh, stations. We are issuing uh, pamphlets at the moment. We are also trying to organize domestic workers, more especially those that are not in the unions, to organize themselves and invite us so that we can address them. We are trying by all means to get the message to all domestic workers around the country, if possible, and if we have resources. We'll go to all nine provinces to make sure that domestic workers get information. Even if, mm. not all of them, but if we can share to others, uh, we know that domestic workers, they talk, they can share to others that they have heard about COIDA. We need to mm. work very hard to make sure that domestic workers are covered under COIDA because we work yeah. for let me bring you in here because I guess the last time we spoke, one of the issues that had come up was the issue of you know, tracking down in the cases of legacy cases or historic cases, tracking down uh, the employer, because I guess for, for the claim to be valid, you also need the countersign of the employer uh, to actually say this person was under my employ and I can uh, confirm that they were injured in the workplace in some shape or form. Now, how are we dealing with that matter uh, in instances where, you know, the Older claims, people can't because the law was supposed to apply retrospectively. Uh, but in instances where, you know, former employees can't find the former employer, they might have emigrated or there might have been, I guess, some difficulty. I'm back, you know, in the Transkei and I used to work maybe in Bloemfontein. Um, how, how are we going around some of those issues? And is it just a matter of signing an affidavit and then making sure that the, the claim proceeds on that basis? So some of the so these are some of the difficulties that we are going to face, I think, in this process. But I think we've we've undertaken to to work with each other with the uh, responsible stakeholders within the sector to make sure that we implement we, we come up with the right measures to deal with such issues because each mm-hmm. case would then have to be dealt with on its merit. I, I believe, uh, and how we deal with it, even certainly in corporate uh, South Africa, is that there has to be some form of proof that a person was employed at some point in a specific area. So we'd then have to determine what would then be acceptable based on a specific case that comes through uh, from the employer. But our inspectors have actually, uh, maybe Pinky referred to advocating CISA earlier. So our inspectors have actually quite worked, worked well to assist us in instances where we then have to get the employers to come forward, even if we found who the employer is and the employer is not cooperative with regard to submitting the uh, necessary documentation, our inspectors have actually been quite uh, helpful in making sure that uh, using the instruments available in the law to get the employers mm. to then do what is right. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and just, you know, w- with some of those uh, challenges, I mean, I, I would think um, that if I look at the number of people that are employed in private households, uh, which is just over a million uh, workers in South Africa, if you look at the quarterly labor force survey data. What, what is your internal target, Prafuyo, in terms of registration here for COIDA? Um, and uh, maybe the time frame of that. Uh, what proportion of that number of uh, those workers are you looking to at least have within the ambit of uh, the compensation for occupational injury and disease? So the number that you, you've quoted from the uh, quarterly labor force survey it's a, roughly the same amount, the same number that would be available within the UIS database. Mm. So that's the so that's the initial target that we're looking at to make sure that everybody who's on the UIS database is then registered with COIDA. So over and above the output sessions, we're looking at how we can then cooperate with the UIS to try and get some of these employers to then uh, register on the uh, on, 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 on our site. So. So that's roughly the target that we're looking at because that's the official figure that we have that is consistent throughout. Mm. I know, I mean, there would be, I guess, you know, in the law, often carrots and sticks. Um, So you might want to incentivize the employers that are listening in here um, to register their employees for for COIDA. But I'm sitting here asking myself, what's the stick? And I ask this because if, if we look at the other sort of agencies of the Department of Employment and Labor. If you are found in contravention, for instance, of the National Minimum Wage Act or, you know, any other of legislation, BCEA, LRA, and the others, there would be certain punitive measures. Are there punitive measures as part of this process? So if I sit at home having listened to this discussion and I then decide, you know what, I'm not going to go and register my domestic even after it's been explained to me how easy the process is. What are the potential punitive measures or disincentives uh, to, uh, I guess, taking on that course of action? I think so. The one of the things that, for example, that we have been unable to do uh, with regards to uh, so so with with, with 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 enforcement, the fact that now domestic workers are recognised as workers in terms of the court legislation, it means that when an inspector goes to a domestic household to do a inspection on, on, on uh, basic conditions of employment uh, inspections, which include UIS. They now can include COIDA. So we're able to mm. then uh, issue undertakings that then compel employers to, and compliance orders that will compel the employers to um, to, to, to register with the, with the fund, failing which then the uh, necessary procedures in terms of the law, the fines, that are applicable for non-compliance to labor legislation would then also then be applicable to the employers. Mm. Also, in the current COID legislation also, in fact, it actually criminalizes non-compliance to the COID legislation because it does mm. say that non-compliance to the law is, uh, is, 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 is an offense. But you're talking sure. now about the, the stick. Let's look at the carrot, uh, Ayabonga. So now I think for okay. everybody listening, so most, of, most people would live with their domestic workers. Uh, we're living in an environment where uh, we have uh, diseases which, things like COVID, uh, which we've also been uh, classified as an occupational disease if the person mm. contracts it in the workplace. So if you're living with a domestic worker and the person contracts a COVID-19 in the workplace, which is in your home, uh, such a person qualifies to get quite benefits. And if you look at the quite benefits that are there, most of the time we often sometimes pay, some employers would often pay for the medical care of their workers if they are sick while they are at work. 
Uh, mm. So COETA takes responsibility for this if this person is registered and is accepted liability for any illness that may come out of, for example, COVID-19. In an unfortunate event that a worker succumbs to the virus or to the disease, I mean, the employer would not even have to spend a cent to contribute towards the funeral cost because COIDA already covers the uh, expenses related to uh, funeral, for example, if uh, we've accepted liability that this claim is, or this or the death was as a result of a workplace-acquired COVID-19, for example. And it can be for many other uh, illnesses or injuries. Memetlang, uh, for example, as, as indicated, uh, was also... Uh, it was a matter of fatality in the workplace. So uh, things like those, you then end up having a huge financial burden taken off your shoulder as an employer and the state carrying that burden because of the decision that you would have taken to register uh, with the compensation fund. Mm. And, 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 you know... If I can give uh, Mipinki, I guess, uh, you the last opportunity here, just as we wrap up. I think uh, one of the things the commissioner is saying is that there are a slew of benefits that come with registration, but there are also potential punitive measures, what I call the stick, that might come with not registering. Um, if there are any domestic workers who are listening into this uh, uh, show this evening, how do they get hold of yourselves um, in order to, I guess, flag that their employer flatly refuses in some cases uh, to sign up or in some cases needs just a, a push and some support to sign up? How do they get hold of yourselves as the United Domestic Workers of South Africa uh, in order, I guess, to get some assistance on that score? Yeah, we hold our meetings every month. That's Sunday every month. Yesterday we had a meeting and there was a domestic worker who lost their right side uh, because of an acid that fell on her face. So, yeah, every month. Last month we had Pindile Mota, whose mother was detained by dogs here in Pretoria and died as well after hospitalized for two weeks. So mm-hmm. well, they can contact me on 073-291-2244. Okay, can you say that again? 073-291-2244. And I'll also make a plea to Mr. Mafat, the commissioner, please, we are asking you to assist us. We need those forms so that we can proceed as unions to try and assist labor where we can. So we are asking mm-hmm. them to give us the forms, the compensation fund forms, so that we can have something on domestic workers are coming to us, forms to give them, because they sure. believe in seeing papers. Mm. Maybe, if, if you might want to answer, but I think you might have to answer to that one. No, definitely we will make available. I mean, it's available on our website, but we can always make available at any of our labor centers. We can make mm. arrangements with the mapping to then collect the necessary okay. documentation. Yeah. All right. And then maybe any message, uh, Pravuyo, just to employers that are listening in uh, as a parting shot, uh, and even some of the, their workers as well uh, who uh, might, I guess, uh, want to uh, uh, assist and even you know help their employers to register them accordingly. All right. Thanks. So, well, I think one key thing is that social security is a right of every citizen living in South Africa. And I think COEDA is one of the most important social security instruments that we have in this country because it protects both the employer and the employee in an unfortunate event that an incident happens in the workplace. And uh, we should all make sure that we get our domestic workers registered. It doesn't cost... uh, much and also the process to register is quite simple. A lot of employers have access to the internet, 
they can be able to do this uh, even some even after this interview. It will take, take you about 20 minutes to just get the process mm. to get the process done. Awesome stuff. Mepinki and Pravuyo, to a pair of you, thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming through this evening. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and that's our Shop Stewards Corner on.